typically speaking, the less of you that is provided, so the less they get access to you, the more you need supplementary materials and resources. So if they don't have a direct line to you to ask questions, what are you putting inside of the offer to make sure that they can still succeed? Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of She Leads First. Today's conversation is an invitation, and it's an invitation to do a little integrity check on your business and your offers. And don't worry, I am saying this and bringing this forward not because I think that you are a person of low integrity. It is quite the opposite. I think you have fantastic intentions in your business. I think most people do. I think you genuinely want the best for your clients. But unfortunately, and this is something that I was very reminded of this week and had some conversations pop up around this topic of people that unfortunately can relate to this experience, but Unfortunately, there are a lot of big names in the business coaching industry that are teaching business from a place of poor integrity, and they're operating with offers that really are not of high integrity and of high quality, and they're setting what I fully believe are bad examples that are being modeled and be, are being modeled as people to look up to because they've created all of this wealth. And so, okay, well, if they're doing it, it must be right and it must be good. But unfortunately, what a lot of people are finding is that they get inside of these spaces and there's not much behind it. There's not much going on in terms of what's being taught inside the offers. There's not much being delivered. And in fact, I mean, if I really go into it, I think a few key players that happen to be very large and have a large amount of influence are operating under what are incredibly harmful and even predatory practices within their businesses. And I think a lot, and I've seen quite a few coaches, and I got the wrong end of the stick with this too. I got burnt by this as well. They're losing out. They're losing their hard-earned money and they have nothing to show in return for it. So I don't want to go too deep into the details of that conversation today, not because it's not important, but because I want this to stay a productive conversation. I want this to be a genuine invitation to reflect and take a look at what you're doing and say, yes, I am so proud of what I'm putting out. And if there's a little piece of you right now that's like, I do want the best for my clients, but I do sometimes wonder if what I'm doing is correct, if I'm doing it from a place of integrity and from a place that feels really good for all parties involved. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to give you some guidelines 
I've got seven that I want to walk through with you, some things to ask yourself to take a look at and to reflect on with your business and with your offers to make sure that you feel really good about what you're offering and how you are operating so that you don't fall down this path. And so here's where we get into the topic of today. These seven things that I want you to consider in your own business, to take a look at in your own business, to really make sure, like I said, that you are operating out of integrity. And this is the exact audit I've done on my own business and that I'm continuing to do. It's ongoing. It's ever improving. That's always the goal in business, right? Continuously get better and better and better. And I invite you to do the same. As a business owner that I know truly cares about the people on the other end of the screen that you are here to help. So number one, ask yourself, is your offer concrete enough for you to create clear and transparent marketing for it? Now, this doesn't mean that when you are creating your offer for the first time, you have to have the whole offer built before you go to sell it. You've probably heard me preach, (laughs) sell it before you create it. And that's absolutely true because we want to make sure we have validation for our idea before we spend months potentially building out a product if people don't want it. So we need offer validation. So that is still real. But if you are going to sell something, the idea and the general structure needs to be there. And the reason I say this is because sometimes people fall into the trap of selling a very unclear idea. And so then they're selling people on unclear premises. Their marketing is not transparent because they don't even know. They haven't sat down to figure out what's going to go in the offer yet. And then they end up selling from a place of lack of clarity. And people are coming in under all these different promises of what's the offer going to be. And so that's the first check when you're getting ready to sell something. The whole thing doesn't have to be built, but is your offer, is the idea concrete enough yet for you to create clear and transparent marketing? Number two, have you already tested the methodology that you're going to be teaching in your offer in some way, shape, or form? This is big. You should not be selling something if you don't know it works. You should not be selling something if you don't know it works. I got to say that one again. I started my business with free sessions and I highly recommend that anytime you're bringing something new to market, you find a way to test it out. Now, it could be free sessions. You can also do a beta launch where you offer a great deal on something. I mean, ideally, it's still already a tested methodology, but it could be something, for example, that you have worked on in a one-on-one setting, and now you're seeing how it translates to the group. You're trying to bring what you were doing in your one-on-one coaching to a group coaching setting, and you just you want to make sure that you've ironed out all the kinks. The methodology is tested. You've tested it with your one-on-one, but now you're retesting it in a beta for the group program. Something like that is a way that you can do this. But just make sure that when you're bringing something to market, the methodology is already tested. Number three, are you allowing people to submit feedback on your programs? This one is big. This one is so helpful. And in my business right now, we are continuously adding in more and more opportunities to get feedback from clients at the end of programs. It can be really hard at first because it feels really vulnerable. You're getting critique on your work. You're getting critique on how you performed and what you did and how the offer ran. And that is vulnerable. But this truly is the best thing that you can do if you have your clients in mind, if you have their best results in your heart, if that's what you are focused on working on. Without feedback, you don't truly know what the experience was like. 
So I highly recommend that after your programs, you send out some type of survey or opportunity for clients to submit feedback to you so that you can be continuously improving it and making it a better and better space for people in your world. Number four, have I done my due diligence to make sure that my marketing materials are thorough and cohesive? Now, this is kind of a spinoff of number one or an extension of it, but once the offer idea is concrete, we need to make sure that your marketing materials, you've spent time on them. And this is a big piece of advice that I see in the online space. They say you don't need to spend time making these long, complicated sales pages, but that really is the best way to be transparent about what's going on in your program is to be thorough and cohesive and to spend time finding the right words, the best way to describe what they're going to get inside of your programs and making sure that every touch point you have where you explain your offer, it's explaining it in relatively the same way. Sure, you might have slightly different angles where you talk about things and you might go more in depth on one aspect in your content than you do on your sales page and vice versa, but Overall, you should be sharing the same general message about your program. It should all be cohesive. And that takes time and effort. That takes you doing your due diligence. But the more cohesive and clear your marketing materials are, the more the person on the other end of the screen is able to know what they are signing up for and feel like they got what they paid for inside of your containers. Number five, when you look at your offer, Have you truly thought of everything your ideal client needs to succeed inside the container? Typically speaking, the less of you that is provided, so the less they get access to you, the more you need supplementary materials and resources. So if they don't have a direct line to you to ask questions, what are you putting inside of the offer to make sure that they can still succeed? And every offer is going to be a little different, so I can't tell you like exactly what you need to put in each type of offer, but just giving an honest look at your programs and what is being provided in them, do they have the things they need to succeed? Have you thought of the resources? Have you thought of where they're going to get stuck around implementation? Do they need certain templates to be added in? Sitting down and taking the moment to say, okay, maybe some of this stuff is a pain for me to make. I hate to say it, but a lot of time these evergreen materials, things like templates and resources and checklists and guides, they take a lot of work on our end to create, but not having them can often be a detriment to the clients. And now I also want to add throwing more things into your program just for the sake of having more things is not a hallmark of good offer design. But finding those key areas where it's like without this, they're going to have a harder time implementing. These resources are going to move the needle the most and making sure you have those most potent ones available for them. Takes more time and effort for you up front. But again, it's the way to make sure that your clients get the best success possible inside of your offers and inside of your programs. Number six, am I keeping the client transformation top of mind as I scale my offers. This is an interesting one to think about as you can start to hold capacity for more and more people inside of things like your group programs, masterminds if you have them, any type of membership. As we grow in numbers, are you able to preserve the client transformation? Now, boundaries will change, but you want to make sure that you are at least staying and checking in 
with the people inside of, let's say, a membership and making sure that everybody is still feeling like the quality is still there. It can be a little bit tricky as you grow. In my own business, I haven't hit these levels of numbers yet in my mastermind, but I used to work for a company that hosted an online mastermind that would have between 50 and 100 people in it. That's a lot of people to manage. And so we had to pull in things like guest coaches and pull in things like extra resources in the members vault and different ways for them to communicate with one another inside the mastermind and splitting up our calls and splitting up the coaches. Like, As that mastermind grew, because when I started with that company, it was not that large. But as it grew, we had to drop in and say, okay, how do we preserve the client experience while this scales? And so you may also not be at the number yet of 100 people inside of your masterminds. (laughs) That's that's, Honestly, that's quite a lot for a mastermind. They did a great job at it, but that's unusual for a mastermind. But for something like a membership, you may very well be there soon, if not already. And so just thinking about, okay, if the numbers in these programs double or triple, if you have a truly scalable offer, am I making sure that client experience is still the number one objective? And then number seven, am I giving my clients all of the onboarding and offboarding communication that they need to succeed? This is something that is sometimes it slips through the cracks when we're moving quickly, when we don't have the necessary time to prepare for our offers. So again, this is something where if you're really doing your due diligence, you want to make sure it's there. But making sure that clients know how to use every aspect of your program. Do you need to provide, let's say, tech tutorials for certain pieces of tech that you might be using or messaging apps that you might be using inside of your program? For example, I'm about to onboard the next cohort of my mastermind. I'm going to be sending them out a tutorial of how to use Slack, which is the messaging app that we currently use inside of the mastermind to communicate between our calls. Do people know how to use everything? And then this over-communication point is so crucial. I'm not saying you have to send people an email every single day, but you always want to make sure that the information that they need is readily available and over-communicate just a smidge more than you think you need to. Send the Zoom link more than once. Have it in more than one place. Make it really easy for people to find what they need and to get the answers that they're looking for. Have ways for them to submit questions. Have your support email address linked in multiple places inside your courses. Make sure that people don't feel lost and left in the dark, both as they're going into your program, so the onboarding, and if you need to offboard them, if there's an end of your program, so that they also don't feel just like, oh, that's it. Make sure you close things down really nicely. And again, over-communicate, over-communicate, over-communicate. Okay, I have one bonus one for you. And this is more of a mindset, but this is our final piece that I want you to think about when it comes to operating your business from a place of integrity. And this is asking yourself, am I genuinely proud of this program or this offer? And think about it through the lens of if somebody requested a refund on this today, would you be worried that it was because your program underperformed? Is that the first place that you would go? Would you feel like you were being attacked? Somebody saying that this isn't good enough? Or would it be like, oh, that's a bummer. I always want people to be satisfied, but I know that this program is built really well. I'm so proud of it. And I'm willing to accept 
constructive criticism and feedback. I'm always open to this. But I also know that it might just not be a fit for them and that's okay. I'm going to look at where my marketing can be even more clear so people who truly aren't a good fit don't join in the future. But there's none of that emotional charge where it's like, this person is attacking me. How dare they? Don't they see how much effort I've put in? Like none of that emotional charge. Because I find the more we pour into making our programs as good as they can be and into making our marketing as clear as they can be, the easier it is to accept the one-off refund requests that might happen here and there. Nobody's business is immune to them. Everybody's going to have it at one point or another. It's just part of business. But coming back to, am I truly proud of this program, but also everything I've created to make sure that it's supportive to the people who this offer is truly meant for? Because when you can say yes to that question, It no longer feels like a personal attack when somebody says, oh, this actually wasn't for me. You can get meaningful feedback, like I said, so that you can just make sure you're not marketing in a way that you don't mean to be marketing it, attracting people that really aren't a good fit. But you can just take it as feedback, take it as data and keep moving along. So those are my seven questions for you to go through plus an eighth little bonus mindset check for you. (laughs) But take these, use them, do an honest audit on your business. Like I said, this is what I've been doing and we have cleaned so many things up in my business that I never saw as problems in the moment because I was in a world, in a coaching bubble where that was the norm. That's the way everybody was doing business. But when I really sat with myself, I was like, you know what? There are things that I want to change. There are some things that I want to improve, that I want to make better for the people that are in my world and going through it and everybody that goes through my world in the future. And so, like I said, I share this with you not as a criticism of anything you're doing. It's quite the opposite. I believe so deeply in the coaching industry and it's such a passion of mine to give people the tools that they need to be deeply in integrity and to continue to make a positive impact on the world. But if people aren't taught how, and if we don't have good examples to follow, the coaching industry is going to continue to get a bad rep because people aren't going to know what to shift. And I don't want the coaching industry to have a bad rep because like I said, I adore it. And I truly believe that coaches, with the work that we do, we hold the power to change lives and to really, as dramatic as it might sound and cheesy as it might sound, change the world. Coaching is deeply impactful. Mentorship is deeply impactful. The alternative solutions that we're able to share, you just can't find this in traditional educational spaces that having the same level of impact that a coach can in someone's life. So I love this industry so much that I just, I want it to get better and better. And so I hope that you find this helpful and useful at auditing what you're doing and making sure that you are putting out there the best possible resources that you can for the people that you are here to serve. All right. I hope that you guys gained so much from this episode. I hope that you found it valuable. My ask to you, if you enjoyed this episode, is that you share it with somebody who needs it. Send it off to a friend. Get this podcast in the hands of more people who need to hear it and who can benefit from it. And if you have a moment, please take a second to go rate and review the podcast. It means so much to me. And I love reading through all of your comments and everything that you reflect back that you've gained from the podcast and what you love about it. It's so awesome to get to go through and read all of your reviews. So share it with a friend, rate, review, and thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you in the next episode. 